I'm going to read our text this morning, Colossians chapter 3, but I want to begin with uh, a couple of verses ahead of chapter 3, I, I mean uh, of our text. I want to look at verse 15, verse 15 through 17, and then we'll look at verse 23 through 24, which is really our text for the message today on uh, labor that lasts forever. So Colossians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, go there. Or if you have your iPods or iPads or uh, smartphones, you may uh, certainly use those as well. All right, Colossians chapter 3 and beginning at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Now notice verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And that ties in with verse 23. Let's go down there. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Can we all say amen to that? All right. God's Word is true and it is so relevant for us today. In your outline, we're going to be looking at the acronym WORK, W-O-R-K. The first one is way of life. Way of life. Go ahead and fill that word in there, life. Way of life. And I'm going to have Brittany put up uh, Genesis 2, verse 15. Genesis 2, 15. I love going back to the beginning. Back to what God began and what He orchestrated and designed and then implemented. And we see in Genesis 2, verse 15, that God, first of all, created the man and there was a relationship between God and the man. And that is crucial relationship is primary from God's perspective. God wants us to have relationship with Him. It all begins there. If we don't have a relationship with God, we miss everything. We may exist, we may live from day to day, but God created us for relationship. Next we see in the garden, after God created the man, He put the man to work. It says there in the English Standard Version, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to what? Work it, to work it, and to keep it. So we see a progression here. God created the man, and then He took him and said, Now, I've got work for you to do. Now, is work a God thing? It is, because we see that God, from the beginning, put that in place. It was part of the way of life. And if we miss that, then we're going to miss the value of our labor for the Lord, which the Apostle Paul speaks about here in the book of Colossians. The Lord set the pattern for the way of life by giving the man and later the woman a responsibility to take care of the garden, to manage it. The English Standard Version says to keep it. Now, how many of you like to garden? Come on, I love to garden. I love to put the seeds in the ground. But how many of you know before you put the seeds in the ground, you've got to prepare the soil? Because if your soil's like my soil in North Bend, over the winter, weeds just get in there. I don't know where they come from, 
But I find that they just grow everywhere. I need to get in there and I need to pull the weeds and hold and turn up the ground, add some fertilizer. I need to prepare the soil. And that's called work. Okay? And it is work. But as I put those bean seeds in, I love to grow beans because I love fresh beans. And they grow really well in our, in our soil. So when I put those bean seeds in, I have an expectation. I'm looking forward to the end product. But how many of you know, before the, the, vine, uh, the, the plants grow, because I do the bush bean thing, and the, the plants grow and the little sprouts come, how many of you know you've got to keep working? Because if you just put the seeds in and then go away for a couple months, what's going to happen when you come back? Weeds! They come from nowhere! It's unbelievable! But those weeds will choke out those nice bean plants, and I'm not going to get the harvest that I'm looking forward to. So it's a continual work. Now, God knew after the fall, we were going to have to work harder than ever. But that doesn't mean God is not still pleased with work because He created it when everything was good. Remember, God saw everything. He says, behold, it's very good. God created work to be good. Now, work is a challenge but if we are willing to use the mind God gave us, we all have a mind, okay? That's why you got up this morning and you came here. You have a mind and you have hands. You can work. You have physical bodies to labor. If we use our mind and our, our abilities for God's glory with what He entrusts to us, we're faithful stewards. See, I want to be a faithful steward of what God's entrusted to me because it's a way of life. It's the way God created things to be at work. I call it God's ordained purpose. Now we know Rick Warren wrote the book Purpose Driven Life and he has a, a lot of good things in there that are, are valuable. I believe God's purpose for me is to be a good steward of all that God's entrusted to me. Now God's entrusted to me a limited number of things. Some people have a lot more things and I'm glad I don't have a lot more things because you know what? The more things you have, the more work it is. Have you discovered that? Things can kind of overwhelm you because you've got to repair them and you've got to keep up with them. If you have a big piece of property, it's a lot of work to keep up with it. So it's important to have balance. Now Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, and we're going to start there, he says in the first part, whatever you do, work at it with all your what? Heart. Whatever you do, in other words, whatever labor, whatever work I've allowed you to do, and God does allow us to work, work is a blessing. Talk to somebody who hasn't been able to work and wants to work. And, and they will say, oh, what I wouldn't give to have a job. It, it, it's a challenge. But see, God wants us to have the right heart. He wants us to be thankful. Paul said that in those earlier verses that I read. That whatever we do, we should do to the Lord. But we're to have a thankful heart for the ability to use our mind, to use our hands, and, and, and to produce a garden, or to maintain our home, may, uh, work a job, be able to volunteer in different places. What would a food bank do without volunteers? You see, volunteers make it happen. And then many others are blessed. And I believe it's a witness to people in need. Because they'll ask you, well, why are you volunteering? Why are you giving of your time? The church up in North Bend, we have a, a, a food bank on, on Wednesday. Why do we do this? We're sharing the love of Jesus. We even have a banner that says, sharing and caring in Christ. We don't want people to 
you know, miss that. We're sharing and caring in Christ. And God wants us to, whatever we do, that we do it from our hearts. Out of thankfulness, gratitude to Him for what He set in order. Now, when I grew up, I grew up as, as a young boy in Southern California on a chicken ranch. How many of you have ever had chickens? Okay, you know how much work chickens can be. Well, my father had 2,000 chickens. That's a lot of work. That, you know, you do, you do the math. It's a lot of eggs. It's a lot of cleaning. It's a lot of everything. And as a family, we all had to do our part. Now, I happen to be of a Dutch uh, heritage. That's where the name Batches uh, comes from. And uh, Vivian is a Van Essen, her maiden name. So we're both Dutch. And uh, we've traced our lineage all the way back to Adam and Eve. Did you, did you know that? We, we've been able to trace those Dutch people all the way back to the beginning. Now, I say that kiddingly. But the Dutch have an ethic, don't they? They have a strong work ethic. And I was taught, if you don't have anything to do, go find something to do. And when you're on a farm or a ranch, there's always work to do. So my dad said, well, hey, Pete, if you don't have anything to do, go out there and look. You'll find something. So I learned to do that to go and find work that needed to be done because I've always kept busy. Now, I have to warn you, some people are workaholics. That's out of balance. I don't believe that's to the glory of God. They go to the extreme and they may have the wrong motive. They may not have a heart for honoring the Lord. It may be to get more uh, worldly wealth or more esteem or, or prestige or status. See, God looks upon the heart. And he knows what our motive is in the work and labor that we do. We need to keep life in balance. Some people work so much that they don't come and worship. Well, that tells us something right there. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying they have their priorities out of order. We need to worship the Lord first because worship was part of the garden first with, Adam, uh, with God creating Adam. Then came work. And I believe work is to the glory of God as well when it's in balance. And so to do something, it's important that we, we do it well, that we have uh, the right motive in, in, in what we're doing. And as we seek to fulfill the purpose that God has given for each one of us, I believe we can say, let the glory be to the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, I didn't give it to Brittany, so she doesn't have it, but write that in your notes, 2 Thessalonians 3.10. Paul said something. Those who will not work shall not what? Eat. Okay, you get an extra prize from the table, whoever said that. Okay, Those who will not work shall not eat. Now, for a period of time, I worked with the Union Gospel Mission downtown Seattle. And I worked with a lot of characters. I mean, with a capital C. They were characters. But I found that there were those who wouldn't work and those who couldn't work. The ones who wouldn't work just said, hey, I'll get by. I'll always get a free meal. I'll come to the mission and I'll just do my own thing. No accountability, no responsibility. God does not honor that. I'm sorry. There are others who couldn't work. They were injured in the war. They, they had an accident on a job and, and they were lame or something happened or mentally uh, they were in a depression and couldn't function. I, I encountered a lot of different people, a lot of diversity of people. I believe the Lord has compassion on those who can't work. But on those who won't work, well, I don't think God thinks too highly of them. They're not honoring Him with the capabilities that God has given them. God has given, them, given each of us 
capabilities. And again, as Paul says, it goes back to the heart. What's your attitude? You know, there's jobs that I don't like to do. There's work that I just think, oh, that is just dirty work. But when I realize I have a responsibility and doing that job is going to produce an outcome that will glorify God, then I have to look at my heart. I need a little attitude adjustment. Do any of you have to deal with that a little attitude adjustment? Okay, maybe tomorrow your grass is getting real high. You really don't want to mow the grass on Labor Day. You want that day off. And the Lord is saying, okay, get that mower started and you get started. And I realize that the hardest part is the first step of getting started. Once I get started, then I can keep going. But it's hard sometimes getting motivated because my attitude isn't right. If we're here to glorify God from the heart, as Paul says, whatever you do, whatever, that encompasses the whole realm. Do it with all your heart. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Order. Order of gifting. Gifting is the word to fill in the blank there. Order of gifting. And we're going to look at the the second part of, of verse 23. As working for the Lord, not for men. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Now, we know that God has gifted us with um, natural talents. Each of us is unique. We're diverse. But you know what? We inherited some natural talent, talents from the DNA of our parents. Okay, my, my father was a carpenter as well as a chicken farmer. And, and I, I developed some carpentry skills. I, I can't build a house, but I can build a woodshed. And you know, that's... Good enough for me, you know, to put my wood under to keep it dry. But you know what? We all have some natural talents and and abilities that that, uh, are part of our DNA. God has blessed us with those talents. Some may be musical. Some may be just public speaking. Some may be other things that, that you can do. But there's also the gifting of the Holy Spirit that we read. And go ahead, Brittany, put... Put up uh, Romans there. Romans, I believe it's chapter 12. And there we see different having gifts that differ according to the grace. Now these are the gifts that when you become a Christ follower, you've accepted Jesus by faith, the Holy Spirit gives you a gift or, or different gifts. And it's by God's grace. Did you notice that? I can't get puffed up and proud about the gift the Holy Spirit's given me to serve Jesus. Because then I've lost it. I need to say to God be the glory because it's by His grace. And then let us use them if prophecy, which would be preaching, that's a gift that God's imparted to me by the Holy Spirit, in proportion to our faith. Are there any more there, um, Brittany? Okay, but if you would look that up, if you would go, uh, okay, in service. Now I see the screen up there, so I get to, I I don't have to be turning around all the time. Okay, so service, there's prophecy, uh, getting up and speaking, preaching, bringing God's word, there's the serving, there's the teaching. Go ahead with the whatever other ones are up there. Okay, one who exhorts. That would be like counseling. That's a great gift. Vivian has that gift. She loves to counsel with uh, women one-on-one. It, it goes good. And then contributes. Those who give uh, generously, let them uh, do it for God's glory. Those who lead. Aren't you thankful for people like Mary who are willing to lead, be on, on the leadership council and others who serve? We all work together. And, and see, we do it... Um, for God's glory, the, the person who has the mercy gift. Wow, they just have compassion oozing out of them. 
Now, there are others who don't have much compassion. Aren't you glad that those with compassion balance out those without compassion or a little compassion? Okay, we need everybody in the body of Christ with the different gifts. Now, if we all had the same gift, well, you'd all want to be up here speaking to this morning, wouldn't you? And, and you know, God, God has a purpose in how He's ordered the gifts. But God wants to use you for His glory. And what's important, as Paul says, you do it to the Lord, not to man. You don't do it to you know, get accolades, pats on the back from each other. No, you do it because you want to please Jesus. You want to say, thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming me. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for the relationship we have. And I just want to honor you with the gift or gifts that you've given me. Now, God's imparted to me the gift of the prophecy, the preaching, also leading. I enjoy leading. It's just part of that spiritual gift that God's given me. And so I'm very thankful for that. But I need to be humble, like Pastor Rick taught last week. If I'm not humble, pride, arrogance, a haughtiness, all those things come right to the surface. And the devil kind of says, oh, go ahead, take a little praise. No, don't do it. See, all the praise goes to the Lord. Amen? It does. It all goes to the Lord. So as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to honor Him with the natural abilities and talents that we have, and we need to honor Him with the the spiritual gifts that that He's given to us. Now in Colossians uh, chapter 4, just a little bit down, verse 17, at the end of the letter, Paul gives an admonition here. He says, Tell uh, Archippus, See to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. In other words, Paul knew that Archippus had a special assignment from the Lord. And I don't know the the history or background of that, but you know what that tells me? God's given Pete special assignments. He's given each of you special assignments. And he wants us to complete them. What good does it do if we start something and don't complete it? Jesus said we need to finish what we begin. Kind of like the jigsaw puzzle on the back table there. I was kind of teasing Jim. I said, hey, Jim, you can put that puzzle together during the the sermon here today. He laughed at me. He said, oh, there's one already together back there. Well, you know, what good does it do if you start that jigsaw puzzle, you get all the borders, but you leave the center unfinished. You don't see the whole picture. But when you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, then you have the one like that's on the table. It's a beautiful picture, the, the barn scene and everything that goes together. Our lives need to be a complete picture. And each little assignment, and throughout our life, God gives us a lot of assignments. We need to realize they're for the glory of God. Brittany, would you put up 1 Peter chapter 4? 1 Peter chapter 4. As each has received a gift... This is the Apostle Peter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking. We've each received at least one gift. Use it to serve one another as God, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Go on with the next part of that verse. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, and in order that everything God may be what? glorified, there it is, through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. See, the Apostle Peter learned that. The Holy Spirit taught him. It's God's grace that you have gifts and abilities. Now use them for God's glory. And if you use them for God's glory, there's great joy. And and we find that there's something else that comes along, and that's the third point, the R. 
receiving a reward. Receiving a reward. Go ahead and write that in your outline there. Reward. Paul shares with the body of Christ in verse 24, the first part he says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Paul's saying, you know this. Don't forget it. Sometimes we forget the things that God has promised us. God's made a promise. He'll keep His promise. We shouldn't forget that. The promise is that we will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. You see, the benefits of being a Christ follower are to expand the kingdom of God. It's not just work so that you can put food on the table, that you can have a place to live, shelter over your head, or that you can take a vacation or put some money away for retirement. Work allows you to do all those things, but you see, we should realize the bigger picture. Labor that has that lasts forever. Labor that carries over from this life into eternity. Paul and Peter want us to have the eternal perspective on life. If we keep the kingdom of God in front of us day after day, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all else will be added unto you. In other words, if we keep that as a priority, we're going to realize that the work that I'm doing now is a blessing from God, but the blessing is going to carry over. Do you believe that there's the first church or the the first bank of of heaven see paul talks about the rewards that are being deposited as we're faithful to the lord now we don't work for rewards then we lose the the motive we work for jesus to honor him but paul says here's the benefits you're going to get a reward in heaven the inheritance that waits for you is is yet to come and write this down on your outline. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 8 and 14. Paul talks about the reward of the believer that extends beyond this life. Okay, now Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, 1 Peter 1, verse 4, Peter talks about the reward, the inheritance that is waiting for all those who belong to Jesus Christ. When we get to heaven, you know, I heard this song on the radio the other day, I Can Only Imagine. Have you ever sung that song? I Can Only Imagine. Will I bow down in praise? Will I dance for joy? We don't know what what we're going to do, but we know that God's got something so spectacular waiting for us. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. That should encourage us, even when the work is hard here in this lifetime. We should be encouraged to know what's waiting for us. I know missionaries, and you support missionaries. I saw them on the bulletin board that have gone away from family and away from the comforts of the United States of America that we enjoy. They are sacrificing to follow Jesus, to fulfill the assignment God's given them. Now, God's given them an assignment, and you're a blessing to them by your prayers, by your letters, by your financial support. You're allowing them to fulfill God's assignment. But you know, in Philippians, I believe it's chapter 4, Paul says that you share in the reward because you're supporting them. You're doing the God thing. 
and you are sharing in the reward of the fruit that the people that are coming to Jesus because of that missionary in Kenya or South America or China or wherever they may be. As the kingdom of God is developing because of their work, you share in the reward. I think that's awesome. And we should be thanking God for the opportunity to participate in His great and wonderful work. All right, now let's close with the last one. Kingdom building. Kingdom building. Verse 24, the last part. Here it says, uh, um, yes, it is the Lord Christ. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It is the Lord Christ. We are part of expanding Christ's kingdom on earth. That's His plan. He trained up those disciples after His resurrection. He ascended back to the right hand of the Father and He sent them out and He said, Go, make disciples and baptize and teach them all that I've taught you. And lo, I am with you always. See, Paul uh, realized the importance of believers permeating society where God has placed them, the community uh, God has placed them, such as Westport. It's no accident that you're living here in Westport. It isn't. God has a purpose and a plan. And He wants to use you as a light in this community to share His love and to be a testimony of being a faithful follower of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, let me read to you verse 3. Here's what Paul says. We continually remember before our God and Father your work, notice that, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's a good verse to memorize. If you need one to memorize this week, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, the work produced in faith, the labor produced out of love, and the steadfastness or the endurance. I like, I like the word perseverance because perseverance means you finish the course. You've persevered to the end. It's like Paul said, I fought the good fight, I finished the course, now I'm ready. I'm ready for all that God has in store for me. I've been a, a part of God's great and, and wonderful plan. I heard a story a number of years ago about a, a tourist who went to Italy just to you know, see Rome and see Venice and, and all the beautiful parts. And this tourist happened to be walking down one of these uh, streets in, in, in Rome. And uh, th- there were two men at work. And, and uh, the, the tourist said to the, the first individual, Sir, what are you doing here? He said, Oh, I'm just laying bricks. One brick after another. I've been doing this all my life. Just laying bricks. And then the tourist went on to the next person who was working on the same project and said, and sir, what are you doing here? He says, oh, I'm building a monument. I'm erecting something beautiful and majestic. I can hardly wait to see it finished. What was the difference, friends? One was just laying bricks, just same old, same old drudgery, just getting by day after day. The other one had a different perspective. The perspective was, I'm erecting a monument. I'm establishing something important uh, that will last and that others will appreciate. You see, we're kingdom builders. Let me just ask you, are you just laying bricks day after day? Or are you leaving a legacy? That's the way I like to look at it. That's a monument for the glory of God. It's a testimony. And it may be that you're 
volunteering at a food bank. It may be that you're a stay-at-home mom. It may be that you're working uh, in, in a factory. It may be that you're working at 7-Eleven. It, it may be that God's called you to, to some ministry. I don't know what God is doing with you. I do know what God's doing with me. And He's saying, Pete, follow me. Follow me and be faithful. Give thanks. Work as unto the Lord. Give Him honor. And leave a legacy that will bring glory to God in the years after you've gone and you're in heaven with Jesus. Now I want to share with you Anne Graham Lotz, the daughter of Billy Graham. Maybe some of you read her little devotional. I enjoy so much the insight that the, the Lord has given Anne Graham. And uh, she, uh, just, she shares from the scripture that I read, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. She says, what task has God assigned to you? Has he assigned you to establish a home, strengthen a marriage, serve a church, reach or teach in a classroom, or comfort in a sick room? Check your attitude toward the assignment. Do you grumble and complain about it? Do you neglect and ignore it? Do you resent and reject it? Or do you enjoy fulfilling it as your service unto the Lord? God wants you and me to enjoy our service to Him, whatever it may be. And He also wants us to discuss each detail with Him as we do the work. One of His pleasures, as well as ours, is the joy of working together as we complete, I like that word, complete the task. Often the more difficult the task, the greater the joy because it enables us to see the power of God and just what He can do in and through and for us. Well, we know Ann's father, Billy Graham, just a farm boy. Just a simple farm boy, milking cows, working on the farm. But God gave him an assignment. His life has impacted many. Do you know that your life is just as significant as Dr. Billy Graham or Ann Graham Lotz or anyone else? God says, you're special. I created you special. I love you. And I just ask you to glorify me in your life until that day when you see me in the glories of heaven. Let's pray together and we're going to join in bringing our offering as an act of worship to God. Lord, we just say thank You for the inspired Word of God and what we've received today as Paul wrote to the, the church in Colossae. Thank You for those words of truth that live on today. Even as we celebrate a memorial, our Labor Day weekend uh, as a nation, we recognize that our labor is a gift from God for the glory of God. And it's by grace that we're able to serve the living God and bring You honor and glory and praise. We know in heaven we're going to be declaring that glory and honor and praise, but we want to begin here. We want to do the God thing in our lives, no matter how difficult it may be. So Lord, this week, there are challenges before us. There are assignments that You've imparted to us in many different contexts. Help us to have a heart that is fully devoted to You and desirous of fulfilling what You've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.